Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Game Week 10 Preview, Sky Sports Fantasy Football, courtesy of Fantasy Football Scout. I am Luke. Niall, it's been a while. How you been, mate? I've been good. Yeah, I've been absolutely fantastic. Good evening to you and um, looking forward to jumping into another week of fantasy football. That said, like it's been quite nice to have the Fortnite break. I know a lot of people hate it. Some people despise international breaks. For me, it's some of the best times um, of the year, obviously, some great Scotland action at the weekend. Some not so good Scotland action last night, but we got the win. Um, and yeah, looking forward to to getting back into it. But I hear you were uh, supporting Scotland at the weekend as well and drunken mm. up in the pub. That's all right. Yeah, I got the rare treat of being able to watch Scotland on the TV. So um, yeah, it was a really good game. I thought the the passion, the emotion, it was great. Because yeah, I mean, we were talking a little bit just before that. I mean, England, it's you know, it's kind of boring in the build-up on the qualifiers. It's almost like a given that we should qualify, right? So there's no, you can't, it's really hard to get behind it. Well, I find it hard to get behind them at least at that stage. And then, yeah, I know England is supposed to hate Scotland and all this jazz, but when there's that much emotion and there's loads of fans in the pub, it does make it a much better game. And it was, it helped. It was just a great game, right? I mean, last-minute winners and everything. It's fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and from a, from a Sky Fantasy perspective, anyone who's got Billy Gilmore is going to be watching those games thinking... <laughs> I just see not playing for Norwich. Yeah. You've got to feel sorry for people who picked him because he's such a great player. It just doesn't seem to have been working out so far, but it might mm. turn around. Yeah, a bit of an enigma on the old Gilmore Gander. Um, on the old international break thing, I think it does matter like what your last game week was like as to how much you enjoy the break because it's like if you have an absolute stinker, like for me, I'm just like, right, that's it. Shut, shut it down. I'm not interested. I'm not paying any attention. And then if you've had a really good game week, you sort of can't wait to get back in the action and you wish it would come around soon enough. So for now, I've been like just enjoying the break like you because my little plan of, uh, of taking Salah out for Kane, um, yeah, it didn't quite work, did it? Because... Although Kane got shots on target tier two, looked a lot better player. I think he was unlucky not to score in that game. In the end, it was irrelevant because Salah, um, I mean, he does what he's been doing all season, to be honest. Unluckily for me, it was against Man City. You know, always thought maybe he could get a goal, but I think it was goal assist. I think he even got tackle bonus, didn't he? Man of the match, everything. I mean, ridiculous. So good. Yeah, and now you've got the small matter of him at home to Watford to, to yeah and that was the one I was worried about and obviously yeah I've already had had that one so maybe I'll get some some balance and it'll just be a two-pointer in that game maybe I'm I don't think so but I can only hope so yeah terrible week for me to end we're not going to dwell on it too much because it was it's so long ago but 35 points for my team um 
Christensen and Alonso didn't play essentially. But Mbomo that I got in, not a lot of people got him um, yet anyway. Scored, so I was quite happy with that because I could have obviously gone to Saar, but I went, up, went to him. And I feel like that's a half decent move at least for now. Rest of the team though, did pretty much just across the board, didn't perform unfortunately. Can you remember how many points you got now? I think you didn't do too well either, did you, to be honest? No, it was 47 for me. Um, and on the Saturday, obviously, I've got the block, Chelsea defence. Um, had Lukaku captain because Ronaldo was benched. Yeah. I fortunately checked that. I was doing, I, I took a whole day away, not looking at fantasy football. I was up in the Highlands with my girlfriend and um, did the match of the day challenge. And it was like, great. Nice. So Chelsea, Chelsea were on early, early in the, in the thing, but maybe the first game. Maybe they were the first game. Anyway, so I'm sat down, excited, ready to go. And then the teams come out and I'm like, oh, no Alonso. No Christensen. Um, <laughs> and I also had El Yunusi, who didn't play for Southampton. So three players benched. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and then you see Chilwell, Alonso's replacement, throwing in a wild challenge for a giveaway the penalty, lose three clean sheets at the other defenders, and then mm. Chilwell scores at the other end. So it was um, not ideal, let's just say that. Um, but I didn't get any better at the weekend either, later on in the weekend, because I, I brought in Antonio, took the armband off Salah, um, Antonio gets a two-pointer and Salah runs right. But at least I've got him for Watford and I, I do fear for you this weekend. I said Watford at home, I actually meant Watford away. But it shouldn't make a difference because they've got Ranieri in his manager now. That's true, yeah. I'm really hoping for a new manager bus there, <laughs> I tell you. Um, yeah, okay. What we'll do, I think, is uh, just jump straight into the questions because that way we cover a lot of, lot of our thoughts anyway. Um, so if we go through some of the questions we put out earlier on Twitter and then we'll do a bit of a preview at the end. Um, on the upcoming fixtures. So let me get that up on the screen. Hopefully that's there now. Okay, so thanks for replying to these guys. We usually put them out a day or two before we do the video. Um, obviously get yourself on the on Twitter there and put your questions in and we shall try to answer them. Uh, the first question comes from Brookie, Brookie Boy, 1970. He says a JWP replacement. So James Ward-Prowse, uh, he has a three-man midfield, so he would like to have another midfielder. He has no Arsenal for the two captain days. Um, so I guess an Arsenal player uh, yeah, will obviously cover him off for those two days. But is it worth going to an Arsenal midfielder? Or is there someone else you'd, you'd think about? I think if he, you know, if he needs to take out um, a midfielder, if, he's, if it's a midfielder he has to bring in. So I wouldn't be averse to bringing in Smith Rowe, who's on the list of players which I'm considering for, for Arsenal. He's, he looks quite dangerous. Um, he can get man of the match. I think given his, how cheap he is as well, he's the kind of player you could bring in and hold for a little while. Uh, I don't think he's going to set the world alight, and I think we'll come on to this, I'm sure, when we're talking about the best options. But I think if you, you know, you're, you're pinpointing these two games, who's got the potential to get the highest points hall, so the highest ceiling, mm. um, Probably Aubameyang. I think we found with the two back-to-back -back Arsenal games that we had last year, he did, I think he blanked and did nothing in the first game, and then the second game scored scored a couple and ends up, you know, matching if not outscoring the the mm. more steady options like the goalkeeper or the defender. So, um, yeah, if if it is a midfielder you need, I've I've actually ranked my Arsenal options from one to four. There are four players I consider, and Smith Rose third in that but he's the highest ranked midfielder so that's that would be that would be my suggestion I don't know if you've got any views on that yeah I, I I think if you're going for an Arsenal midfielder then Smith Rowe makes sense just because he's the cheapest I do really like Saka but he does have a tendency to pick up the odd the odd injury and he's um he's like a whole million more expensive so I suppose if you've just got it laying around 
which I can't imagine if... I mean, a lot of people don't have Diaz in their team right now, I think, because he doesn't really require. But I think in a few weeks, you're probably going to want him. Yeah, you're one of them, right? Yeah. Um, and then you look to save money all over the pitch. And then suddenly you look at someone like Saka and you think, I mean, he's only got 24 points this this season so far. I know he started slowly because of England, but I've just clicked him, him on here. And it, I mean, you guys can see it's just two points, two points every single week. There was the one week he got 13. And that's a common factor with his midfielders. We do say it a lot. And Smith Rowe is exactly the same. I mean, he got a one fourteen point haul uh, versus Spurs. Lots of twos and ones, um, but because he's cheaper and obviously the players around the same price as Smith Rowe generally don't score that well. I know they have at the moment, like the likes of Sars been scoring the scoring the points and stuff, but I don't think that's going to be a, a season-long thing where he's going to dramatically outscore him. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd also look at Smith Rowe, but I'd, I'd also consider just not going for an Arsenal player. I mean, he says he, he didn't name which other midfield he's got. I still think Gallagher's just a really top-tier option at 7.3. He's probably lost a little bit of appeal um, just because uh, Elise's come back and seems to take some of the set pieces away from him. So it's kind of one of his one of his strings to his bow that's, that might have gone missing there. But I'm not sure on Elise's fitness um, permanently. You know, maybe he goes off in the last 20. Gallagher gets some, some set pieces towards the end. So I don't, I don't think it's that detrimental to him. Um, but still, I think he's still a good option. And my mate in Bomo that I got, I think Brentford just look a fantastic team. He's really, really cheap. I know it won't cover you for the Arsenal match days, uh, but I just like him as a as a long hold. And the fixtures actually do pick up quite dramatically in a few weeks. Um, yeah, another another two point machine because he's a cheap midfielder, but um, you're paying less for it essentially with better with I think slightly better fixtures than Arsenal. Maybe uh, that's probably debatable, but. Um, at least initially, Arsenal's are probably a little bit better. Uh, I don't really have anyone else that I really like in midfield at the moment. I think Rafinha's an obvious one that is probably not even worth mentioning. I know there's a chance he might miss this weekend, I think the rumours are, due to the Brazil match. But there's not many other midfielders that I'm even thinking about. I mean, I'd love to have some Man City midfielders, but I'm not sure we can pick them in Sky. Uh, that, it's it's, unsu- it's like quite unclear who's going to play week to week. Um, I know a lot of people will still be holding Ferran Torres. We both gambled on him and subsequently got rid of him but I think if you're holding him there's a case to say that you know for the next few weeks don't bother making that transfer because mm. he's got good games if he does play um, which he's probably more likely to now possibly than they've when they had really stern fixtures where he goes for his absolute best 11 then mm. um, you might you might rotate in on the midfield options you know we can pat ourselves on the back for the Mbwemo shout you in particular actually backed backed yourself on it and brought him in he, he looks great Um and another one we talked about at least a couple of weeks ago was Huang, who got the brace against Newcastle. Oh, of course, yeah. He's only 7.8 and he's playing up front. Um, looks like he's in a partnership with Jimenez and looked pretty dangerous. So, I mean, obviously, you know, usual warnings apply that he has just come into the team, new signing. There's a bit of competition there, but he looked really good and would cover a captaincy as well against Everton in a couple of weeks' time. So I think, and again, people we keep ignoring and hold, we just pat ourselves on the back for some good shouts. People we haven't suggested, um, Gray and Townsend continue to do really well. Yeah, and Decore. Townsend right. especially, right? So mm. any, any of them I think are decent options. And Townsend and Gray would also cap, cover you off for that captain game because they're playing against Wolf, uh, Wolves, sorry. So um, there's, there's, there's a few. I don't think there's anyone who really stands out no. apart from Rafinha, but um, they're, the, they're the, the best of the rest, I'd say. Yeah, no, I agree with that. As a Triori owner, seeing him bench and then Hwang come in and obviously take all of his points is a little bit frustrating, I'll be honest. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of scared to go there, even though he's, I think he's, yeah, he's just 0.1 cheaper, isn't he? Uh, 7.8 to 7.9. 
But if he's going to stay permanently playing in the team, and he's more or less a striker, and he's kind of playing a little bit on the right, if anything, um, I mean that's that's a that's a good price, right? Because Wolf stats are very very good, and he's got a fairly decent record in the past. It's kind of I think he had some problems in his career in terms of injuries and getting some starts, but he has got a, a pretty good past. Um, so I think he's he's definitely a decent option. Um, I'm still kind of keeping away from it from the moment because I just think. Trincao's been on the bench a little bit. He's obviously a very good player, though, for Barcelona. I can't see him staying permanently benched. I know Podence had a bit of a shocker when he came on, but he is a decent player. He's going to take some minutes away occasionally. And then, obviously, you've got Neto, who I think is just their standout midfielder from last season. I mean, obviously, he had a, a big injury, so maybe he's it'll take him a while to get up to speed. But I think when he comes back, that's a lot of names then sort of fighting for two spots. But that could be so far in the distance that that Huang is a decent option for now. And Wolves fixtures are still, they're still okay, right? I mean, they still, it lasts for quite a long time. That's why a lot of people went for the likes of Saar and Goal and stuff. One other name I'll just throw out there is St. Maximum. He just conti- continues to do pretty well for Newcastle. I think the games are still okay. Um, and he, I think the general gist of what we're saying is the midfielders, all around that price, there is so many options around that 8 million and just under that there, there's no incentive for me to really go above that at any point I think if they don't work out or someone gets injured or dropped you can just kind of change to another one if you really have to obviously you want to try and avoid those kind of transfers if you can but at least there's options right you can't get stuck with a player and then have to make like three or four transfers because there should be about four or five other options you can go to I mean there's three in the Everton team alone so yeah a long-winded answer but I um I think personally I would probably avoid the Arsenal player I don't really like Smith right over them but I can see why you'd want to if you just don't have two captains. I mean, if he just has to do one thing on one of the days and it's it's going to take the other guys quite a long time to catch those points up. In fact, I'm going to throw that to you now. Smith Rowe or one of those better options if you had to pick because that's what he really wants. Would you just go straight to Smith Rowe or would you ignore the captains? Because it's easy to uh, say but to do for your own team is a different matter, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to give a really poor answer. Sorry, but I'm going to say if he already has, say, a Gallagher, right? Who's covering one of the two games? Yeah. Then, then I'd I'd be tempted to I'd be tempted to to cover off the first game with Gallagher, and then because Villa have got a game upcoming, you could maybe find a way of moving a Villa player in, or even to be honest with JWP. I mean, it's only going to be my understanding is because it's a Carabao Cup game, he's only missing two league games. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I'd, I'd maybe even consider holding him because the Villa game is actually a captaincy against. Southampton, so so you could captain. That is a good point, actually. Although I'm going to check that. I don't want to be feeding out misinformation because I reckon there's a chance that it might be one of the games he misses. I think he might come back in time, but it depends when the Carabao Cup game falls. Um, I heard yeah, someone if, say if, it was two. I heard someone say it was two yeah. that he misses in a cup. I think maybe with the J- James Wall Prowse hasn't looked as good an option this year as he did last year. Now maybe it's too soon to say that. But that would probably be in the back of my mind a little bit. I know the red card probably sways, but I think it's just the way they're setting up this year. He doesn't seem to be hitting as many tier points and stuff as he did in the past. But I think Ward-Prowse, if I remember last season, Ward-Prowse did this before. He didn't look great to start with and then suddenly just started picking them up over and over. Um, so maybe he just wants rid of him. But yeah, there's an argument to keep him. I mean, we just, we've talked about it a lot, right? If you're spending all these transfers in midfield, like I've ended up having to do with the likes of Troyer and stuff, you soon start missing out on some really good stuff later on because you've messed around. And over the course of the season, out of all those midfielders, would we be surprised if Ward-Prowse ends up being 
the highest score? Probably not. He just chips away every week, and at least he turns up every week. So, yeah, this is, there's certainly an argument there to keep him. Um, let's move on. Phil Appleby says, uh, any, and he's doing really well, actually. He's posted a screenshot. He's got two teams, one in 66th and one in 90th. So I'm not sure he needs our advice, but we'll we'll give it to him anyway. Um, he says, any love for Ronaldo or Salah to a Bamiang hokey-cokey in order to cover the two captain days, two extra games for one transfer? Um, so, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, much, much love for that. I think I'll do something similar myself, um, probably involving Antonio. So save the budget to be able to do that. But if, I, if you know, looking at those two options, he's given Ronaldo mm. and Salah. I think I think I would go Ronaldo out. Um, Man United's games are pretty pretty stern um, for the next few few weeks. Obviously, it's a case to be made that Ronaldo is fixture proof. But when you compare him against Salah, who just looks absolutely electric, we saw that against Man City. Mm. He's possibly the one player who we talked about the big three up front and rotating all of them. Unless there's a period where he's not playing at all, I can't really see myself taking Salah out. And actually, it was my plan to do what you did, taking Salah out to bring in Kane um, for this run of games. But I just saw that Watford game and got terrified and didn't do it. <laughs> so I, I think, I think yeah, I, I'm on board with what he's suggesting there, but I would take out Ronaldo before I take out Salah. Yeah, I think I think that's what that's what I would do. Um I mean, Ronaldo's fixtures are just bad. You just got to... I know it didn't work out with the Salah thing in Man City, but I think Liverpool's attacks on another level. Salah just seems to be on a crazy level at the moment. Yes, Ronaldo's a really good asset in Sky because he takes a lot of shots, but also we've seen he can get benched even, which we maybe weren't expecting as much, but we saw it happening at Everton. So can we see that happening to Salah? I mean, across the season, he usually plays like 36, and usually those two are due to injury more than anything else. So I'd have thought... There's also that risk that Ronaldo will occasionally see some minutes uh, on the bench just after a European game or something, and yeah, just just based on fixtures alone. I know Liverpool's aren't you know fantastic either, um, but Watford is is certainly good enough reason to keep him right. So uh, yeah, Ronaldo for me as well to to Aubameyang, and uh, just pray for those two game weeks. Um, okay, let's move on. For reasons unknown, he says assuming Lukaku is available. Um, because yeah, we're recording this. I think Chelsea haven't had the have they had the press conference today or not? If they have, I didn't see it. Um, so let's hope he's available. Would you use a transfer for Kane to Salah? So he's obviously done the move like I I've done. He's written it backwards here, but I've read through this and I think this is what he means. Or hold Kane and hope Salah doesn't run riot. Um, the reason being is he actually has Antonio for captain on the Sunday. So Newcastle play Spurs on that Sunday, the same day West Ham play. Obviously, he's bought Kane in in order to have him as multiple days as captain. But then having seen how Kane's performing, I assume, and then obviously what Salah did to Man City, and not having him for the Watford, would you just bite the bullet and just transfer Kane out and get Kane in for the Watford game and then leave Antonio as your captain? I mean, I, I'm in this exact position, to be honest, but I'm going to ask you because mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, um, So, on Lukaku, my, my view is that he's probably all right. And you heard a lot of grumbling and moaning coming out of the Belgium camp for the fact they had to play that third place playoff. Mm. Pointless um, though, isn't it? Totally pointless. I agree with them. I agree with them. And they rotated basically their whole team and Lukaku was effectively, I think, sent back to back to London. I mean, I, I'm obviously not in the know, but I would you see this all the time with internationals, right? So I, I think he'll be absolutely fine. I think he'll be all right. Um and I would unless you hear Absolutely, certainly. Otherwise, that he's not going to play. I, 
I think he's fine for the armband at the weekend. Um, on that point, I, I would also not suggest taking out Kane before Newcastle. And no, oh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, he he, he was listen. He was towing a caravan, right, <laughs> last night for England. Um, I don't think anyone would dispute that. But you know, he could easily he could easily just tow that caravan right into the 18 yard box at Newcastle, and the ball's just <laughs> going to be getting in there. So. Um, you, you, you'll probably do what he did against Villa and that he'll get, at least get short bonus minimum. So uh, if, if I if I had Kane, I wouldn't be taking it out before, before he plays against Newcastle this week. I know that it's a really awkward one because Salah is the standout captain. Mm. But if if Lukaku steps onto the pitch against Brentford, I, I, think, he'll, I think he'll do something. Uh, and I'm confident that he will. So I, I, I wouldn't be yeah. doing all sorts of hokey-cokey transfers just to just to take someone out before they play. No, I'm glad because that follows my mantra of I will almost never do anything for one game. Like that feels like it's kind of almost one game. Now you could argue, yeah, you just get Salah and you leave it, but you've only just made the move the other way, I'm assuming, unless you started with Kane. And I I wouldn't do that because it could easily backfire in that one week. Salah could blank against Watford and Kane could go mental against Newcastle and suddenly you're beating yourself up, especially when you've taken the captain off and put on Antonio. Which is something you did similarly the other way around this week, right? You moved the captain yep. with a transfer and it ends up costing you points by actually using that transfer. And that is something that you can do in Sky. You can kind of overmanage a little bit. So I think if you've got to this stage, you just kind of pray that Salah doesn't go off in that one game. And look, if he does go off in that one game, I mean, I missed out the Man City game. It was harsh. It hurt. But at the end of the day, I don't, what did Salah end up on points? It's like 30 points as captain and not a lot of people captained him, bear in mind. Was it like 15 or something in the end? I lost 15. Yeah, something. a lot of points. Yeah. It's it's like fifteen points. I mean that. I would you and then you ask yourself, would you rather have the transfer or fifteen points? And I think that's another debate, right? So he has to really, really hurt you for it to for it to hurt, which sounds stupid, but you get what I mean. He has to literally score three or four goals in that Watford game for it to really, really hurt you. So I would just you've made your bed kind of thing and see it out. You've done it for a reason. Um, and yeah, you want to get Salah back in pretty swiftly though. After that, have a look at when your next entry point is. I think which is probably I think Brighton is is the one that people are kind of looking at a little bit because it's a Saturday game or something. But yeah, for now, I would just pray because Kane did look really good against Villa for me. He had, I mean, certainly in the stats anyway, I only saw the highlights, so I can only comment on that. But he um, he was having lots of shots and that's usually Kane's calling card, right? When you look at his stats and you see, oh my God, he's firing off shots all over the place. That normally means there's points around the corner, which is straight. This is why it's strange for me for England. He didn't quite look the same player, but you know, could be all sorts of reasons for that. Uh, Liam Rayner says, uh, "Evening, gents. If you were looking to bring in an Arsenal asset for just the two games, who would you pick?" So I think you've already made your list, and you said Aubameyang. Is that right? Is that top pick? Yeah. So I'll I'll read out my list. Um, so I'll read it from reverse, just for some suspense. Uh, so in fourth <laughs> place, in fourth place, um, Ben White. I think he's probably the the most stick-on defensive asset. Um, Arsenal have conceded only one goal in the last four league games. Five games if you include the Carabao Cup, which is pretty impressive, right? Because they had such a yeah. porous start to the season. Mm. Um, and he's been really he's been really good, Ben White. But the downside to him is they've not even sniffed a passing bonus at all. Mm. Um, and in these captaincy games, it is nice to have that fallback, right? Even if they do concede, you're gonna get you're gonna walk away with eight or ten points, which is yeah. fine. Um, but if they do concede, it looks like you're getting two with with Ben White. So uh, that's why he's fourth. Um, third, I've got Smith Rowe. Talked about his pros just because he's cheap. He's a midfielder, um, and 
if you're needing to get rid of another midfield asset, then he could be someone who could easily switch in. And he's arguably the best player on the pitch when he actually turns up most weeks. He catches the eye most weeks anyway, doesn't it? Even if he doesn't. Absolutely. Yeah, doesn't he could easily pick up a couple of man of the match awards in the next few yeah. games. Um, second, I've actually, Aubameyang is second to me. Now, I've put underneath that the reason he's in second place um, is just because I think you're going to have to use transfers to get him in and out. But he, for me, is, while he's second in terms of the overall Arsenal options, I think he's the best in and out option because he has the highest ceiling. So mm-hmm. although he's two in my list, actually, you'll be the one I'm probably going to bring in myself just because over the course of these two matches, which are the only two games really I'm looking at, I think he's got the highest points potential mm-hmm. um, and also makes a really easy switch for, be it you know, someone else down the line, you could take him out for Diaz or Cancelo or you could take a wild swing at DCL if he's returned to the planet at some point. Um, <laughs> and then number one, I've got, I've actually got Ramsdale um, because I think he's been he's been outstanding. Mm. Um, single match days are always great for goalkeepers because if they do keep a clean sheet, it's an extra two points, which makes double to four. A um, few shots on target, picking up bonus as well. And with the defenders not getting passing bonus, I think that actually elevates the goalkeeper even more and makes them the supreme asset in that in that Arsenal defence. Mm. And on top of that, Ramsdale's really cheap. So again. If you're looking to bring in a goalkeeper, if you've got someone in there you're not happy with, then Ramsdale would be the one I would go for. But I think most people would be pretty happy with who they've got in goal just now, um, in which case I think Aubameyang probably stands out. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd go along with that. I, I love goalkeepers for single match days. I mean, they usually do the business. It wasn't a single match day, but obviously Saar for the Wolves the other day when a lot of people had him as captain, he went and delivered, and it's a common theme. Martinez has, has obviously done it a lot in the past, and there's been there's been a lot of times where a, goal, a goalkeeper's come up trump. So, yeah, I'd certainly prefer him over Ben White. Um, for me, it will be a Bamiang that I bring in, probably. I'm not 100% set on it, because I do have Gallagher, so I might just miss one of the games and stick with Gallagher, because I've had to use extra transfers. But um, a Bamiang, if I do go there, will will probably be the one and just like you say it's, it's just for the higher ceiling he, he's on the penalties and everything isn't he and although he can look disinterested in games sometimes he, he still finds a way to score quite often um so yeah I, I think they're tough games for me Palace and Villa I think they're both teams that you could see they could be Arsenal on their day or at least give them a good game so I do think that the missing out option is not going to hurt anyone too much this week especially if you've got the Gallica for that one day cover I the more and more I look at it, the more I keep coming down on the side of maybe I wouldn't make the move just because I can't really call the games. And I feel like, yeah, Gallica covers you for one. The Villa game could be tight. The Villa have been good defensively. Um, obviously, if you've got someone in place, fine. But I think for a transfer to to get an Arsenal, I'm not 100% convinced now. Whereas, you know, in the weeks leading up to it, even though Arsenal were poor in the first few weeks, I always had it in my mind to do it just because, you know, you look at it and you think two extra days, two extra captains. But... Now, if it's just one extra day and one extra captain, I'm not sure. This is assuming you get Gallagher, of course. Yeah, I, I can I can see that point. It depends who you'd be planning on taking out as well, right? Um, True. Because I think, so in my example, right, I'm going to be taking out uh, Antonio and Arsenal actually play... So. West Ham got the game against Spurs, but then Arsenal play before Antonio plays again. Okay. So it ends up working out a three for one with two captains. So it feels to me like a bit of a no-brainer. Is that um, when you'll definitely get an Antonio back, though? Or you're not? Undecided. 
So that, but at least it gives me the flexibility to, at that point, assess whether I'd want to bring him back or not. I could even just leave him and maybe bring in mm. DCL for that Monday night game or something like that. But I think that it gives me a security of knowing that if I do make the move, there's only one opportunity that Antonio over that th- two-week period uh, where Arsenal have got three games with two captains mm. that you could you could maybe score enough that would justify not making the transfer at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think that it's, and it's probably not the correct way to think about it, but I think it kind of does depend on how many transfers you've used because a lot of the people who are doing very well probably won't have used so many transfers, right? The ones who have just lucked out, they've not got that many injuries. They're probably quite high up, used like maybe three or four as planned. And then maybe they're thinking, yeah, I'm just going to get an Arsenal player for two for two game weeks as captain. It's a no-brainer sort of thing. And I think if you've used more, like I've ended up doing six or seven, you've got to pick your opportunities throughout the season now where I'm going to have to try and get on a level playing field with these guys. And when I look at it and think, well, these two matches are quite tough and I don't have full confidence that Arsenal can win them. And there's not, I mean, we've listed probably, you've listed four options for Arsenal that could be captain there. You could also add Saka in there. You could add Tierney. Do you know what I mean? There's not a standout name that is like the Ronaldo or the Salah. So I feel like there's a bit of a lottery there where your player that you pick could be the two-pointer. So then I think of it as, okay, well, if I try to level out the transfers over the season, a lot of those top managers will probably use one right now and I can maybe get away with it here where there'll be other weeks further on down the line where, you know, you've got Salah for two games or something and I'll be like, right, I can't miss that one. Do you know what I mean? So that's where I'm edging at the moment. If I had infinite transfers, I'd, you know, it's just a Bamiyang in and, and pray. And I still might do that, but as you can tell, I'm undecided. I might, I may just give it a skip in the end. Um, okay, let's move on. So... Kippy says, hi guys, I think this is similar to what I was saying actually, got Gallagher for the Arsenal first game, but which Villa asset would you bring in for the Friday? So he's not going for an Arsenal player, probably thinking similarly to me I guess, uh, and he's doing that because uh, he can't get he can't get Martinez later and Villa play Southampton I think on an individual day later on as well. Yeah, so getting in a Villa player then obviously covers you off for two days, so it kind of makes sense. I'll answer this one first if that's alright. So there's there's lots of Villa players I kind of like, but because of their positioning, so obviously Ings and Watkins, I think they're decent options, but because they're forwards, they're kind of almost no-goes. And I really like Bailey, but I don't know whether he's fit or not. And he would probably be my standout if you could tell me right now that Bailey's going to be in the team and play because he's a midfielder and he's cheap around that same price. I think he's like 7.8 as well, or 8 million or something. I think it's 8, something like that. Um, And I'd just maybe chance him because I think he looks fantastic. But I don't know whether he's fit. So Matty Cash is probably the one that stands out at right wing back. He's not been fantastic for bonus, and I really do like my defenders to have bonus, but it's just the fact that he's playing so advanced. So he's actually got that really high ceiling, hasn't he? Because he could get a goal or an assist to go with his clean sheet and suddenly he's hit a monster haul. Um, And Villa's fixtures do start to turn around again fairly soon. So I think Matty Cash is probably where I would end up. He says he can't get to Martinez, by the way. So... That's probably where I'd end up, but a cheeky a cheeky punt to Bailey if he's if there's any noise about him being fit. Any mm. thoughts on that? No, I, I like I like that. There's definitely an argument that could be made where you can you wait just now, watch Villa play against Wolves uh, this week this weekend, right? Um, if Bailey was to start in that game, look good. I don't know what's going on with his fitness. It looks like he's not he's not hundred percent, is he? So I don't even know if he's going to be says, back. Yet. It says tight thigh on the um on the website there and it says return date is expected to be the 16th which is in three days time but we've not had the press conference yet so we'll have to see but, yeah. I mean, in, in the hypothetical that he starts and plays well uh, and you could then be confident that he was going to play on the Friday night you could just avoid an Arsenal player Captain Gallagher safe in the knowledge that you're going to bring in 
um, Bailey on the Friday, and then Bailey gives you the coverage for the game in two or three weeks' time, mm-hmm. the standalone Friday night captain's day against Southampton as well. Yeah, that's probably the sensible play. Yeah. Um, like I say, I'm thinking of maybe skipping it entirely, but um, I'll have to think about it really. To maybe maybe your plan of watching and then picking my favourite option might make sense. The thing is, I don't have a Southampton player either for that day, so maybe maybe I'll end up using another transfer. The thing is, it, 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 we have to play the week as you see it, right? I mean, if, if Chelsea play against Brentford and Lonzo's nowhere to be seen again, suddenly I've got another dead option in my team and I just think, well, you know, maybe I just bring in a Matty Cash for him and just be done with it, you know? So I'll have to see what the week brings, but um, yeah, Cash and Cash and Bailey look my standouts. Obviously, Watkins and Ings can do really well, but it, I mean, can you, you just can't find the place for these forwards in the team, can you? And that's the problem with these premiums, I think. I think aside from Antonio and Calvert-Lewin, there's not really anyone apart from the top strikers that I really want. I don't know if I'm playing that wrong. Maybe I sh- maybe I should be looking at these these guys in between. Uh, no, not really. I mean, Jamie Vardy maybe. Oh yeah, he keeps scoring. The thing with him He's is, though, about him. yeah, but seven points. That's that's the, seems to be his limit. Yeah, it really does. Um, the thing with him is, Inacho's just started to play the last few games, hasn't he? And usually when they play together it has a negative effect on Vardy where he's more of the, the full guy for Inacho to actually score the points. So I'm just thinking timing-wise, it might be one of those classic Vardy things where we all think, right, we're finally going to get him because he's doing well and then suddenly he drifts on, off into obscurity. Probably not because it never works how you expect it with, with Vardy. But yeah, I suppose, again, guilty of underestimating him as usual. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, I'm not sure if this is FPL related or not, but I suppose it applies to both. Adit Wara says, any update on Calvert-Lewin, Wilson, Reese, james or Zinchenko? It's just to watch out for the press conferences, mate, like we all do. I haven't heard anything particular. I heard Reese james was in training. I haven't heard anything on Calvert-Lewin. Callum Wilson, I haven't heard anything, or, or Zinchenko. Have you heard anything on any of those? No, I was doing a bit of looking up on um, Cal- Calvert-Lewin, and it doesn't seem like there's a great deal of information. Um this is the thing with Rafa. He seems to give you very little. Um, yeah, you can't trust him. His press conference hasn't been yet this week, and I'm guessing they'll ask him about it. And he'll probably say something like, "Oh, you know, he's he's really badly injured. It could be a long time, and then he'll play at the weekend." So yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't listen to a word he says. On on the other players, again, press conferences, and probably mm. I was waiting with a lot of them, particularly Zinchenko. I mean, I can't. I mean, he's maybe asking from a Cancelo perspective yeah on that one actually i do remember they uh they were saying that zinchenko's um all the noise from the i think it's city extra or something is the account which gives a lot of city news was saying that zinchenko looks like he could be fit for this this game against burnley but again we just have to wait for the press conferences it's all i don't know how true any of this stuff is and then the second question is do you think trincao will start over adama or Hwang? Um, in the future. Personally, I can't see him starting over Huang at the moment. I don't know why you drop Huang. I think that just doesn't make any sense. I think the manager started with who he... He started with the players like Traore and Trincao because they'd been there a while. He signed Huang and he integrated him a bit. And then as soon as he plays Huang, he delivers. I mean, to me, there's just no reason why he would suddenly revert from that. Absolutely none. So Traore is obviously beyond the bench and I wouldn't be surprised if Trincao starts playing ahead of Traore because obviously... um, Podence has been in the mix as well because Trier is not offered enough but the the bottom line is there's going to be some rotation there at the moment Huang looks like the the best option of all of them I think if anyone he's probably the most nailed for 90 minutes at the moment yeah agree agree and, and also there's been a bit of an update this today I think 
and Trinkau has had to go into isolation. He's ill. Oh, yes. Yeah. Potential yeah. COVID. So um, you'd think that's going to rule him out at least for a week, maybe maybe two. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So for that, for the next couple of weeks, I think Fang is absolutely nailed on anyway. I mean, after coming off the brace, he's going to be playing, right? But, yeah, um, I'd also yeah, argue on, the, on on this front anyway. If he's got Trinkau in his team and this is Sky and he's got him, I don't th- even if he's fit and he's playing, I don't think he's a good enough option to keep in your team. Is the bottom no. line? So I just get rid of him. Uh, two questions from FPL Hambo, and he says one: When will the blanket Chelsea defence start paying off? Please God, soon. Uh, rotation seems to be benefiting those not so heavily invested. Yeah, think think there's a element of unluckiness. Chilwell's tackle. I mean, for example, they weren't getting a look in really apart from that. Um, a lot of rotation because of Champions League and stuff. My answer to that question is I'm hoping it's in these next four or five games. Brentford's a tough game. Wouldn't be surprised if they conceded in that game. You know, maybe a tight game, 1 1. But after that, I'm really hoping we'll start to reap it. I mean, you're in the same boat, right? You've got loads of them and you're just praying for the same. Yeah. I mean, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley to come after that. Mm. If. If you're like us and you've thrown all your eggs into the Chelsea basket, the least you can do is get through these fixtures when they're so good. So, yeah, there's probably going to be some tough moments when you look at the team and one of your players isn't playing. But you've got to hope that when they do play, they're going to deliver over the next few weeks. And I think you probably assess it after that. Yeah, I'd also expect that you know the Champions League, the fact that they did lose to Juventus means they're probably going to feel a little bit insecure about getting through. So they're probably going to play a decent as good a team as they can, they're not going to let up in that competition. So the rotation probably will continue. Um, mm. But but the next few games are so good that you know, you've, you've got to hope that if the best players play, they're going to score. And Thiago Silva, I think, is not getting back till super late this weekend. So it oh, looks yeah, like Christensen will definitely play. Um, Rudiger, if he's fit, will play. Um, and as for Lequitas, I think between the right centre-back position and right wing back looks like he'll be playing as well. So that's, you know, say the core. Um, and then it, a lot of question marks about Alonso, right? I think he's probably the one whose position is most under threat with Chilwell coming coming back in. Um, but even if you've got Alonso, I firmly believe that you should hold him for at least the next three games, four games. Because if he plays in one of those games, you've seen what he was doing at the start of the season, he could easily get you a 15, 16, 17-point haul, and that kind of justifies his existence for a little while, and then you assess it after. I'm happy you said that as well, yeah. So for me, the major disappointment from the from the Chelsea defence has not been the fact that they've conceded the old goal. It's been the fact that the passing bonus hasn't been there, which all the signs pointed to that continuing through the roof, and that's been the big issue. I mean, I'm getting zeros and two-pointers from my defence across the board, whereas the the reason we go for these guys, right, is because we've got that four or five points even when they concede, and they're almost like a cheat code, and they haven't been there at the moment. So I really want to see those numbers start picking up, and if they're not, if their passing bonus is nowhere to be seen in the next two or three games, then I would really worry, because these are the games they should definitely be getting in for me. And like you with Alonso, I've got him in my team, and I'm almost like, I'm, I don't know whether it's stubbornness or if it is sensible, like you say, but I will hold him until he at least plays a game. <laughs> you know, unless that's like six weeks and he's still not played, maybe I'll have to get rid of him. But I'm hoping he'll play, you know, one of the next three, maybe. And as soon as he's played that game, maybe then I can look at what options I want to do to move on. But obviously things can change. In those two or three weeks, Chilwell could have picked up a knock again. Alonso could suddenly be amazing. Chilwell could have given away three more penalties. You know, the, the landscape changes so quickly that you might have a different question on your mind later on. 
two, he says, how long will you give until you get Webster back? He says, uh, would you give him a couple of games to avoid any re-injury? Because he misses him and he thinks his value unlocks a lot of doors. And we have said numerous times we think he's probably the best cheap defender in the game. So uh, when he comes back, let's say the manager says he's fit, he turns up, he plays the first week. Are you going straight back in or are you going to wait a little bit? No. I'm going to give it a little while. They've got, I think they've got, they've got, they've got Norwich. Yeah, they've got Norwich this weekend, which is a decent game for them. But then after that, they've got Man City and Liverpool. So that gives you at least a, so I'd say a three-week window until the start of November when the games get better again to to see that he's fully fit and back up and running. Um, and, and I think you'd want to avoid those fixtures anyway. So, I mean, I, I don't think I would bend over backwards to get him back in just because it's another... We, did, we said this, right? Didn't we say this at the time? Well, if you take him out, you're probably going to want him back. Um, and two transfers for a, a really stupidly cheap player. But I think unless you need him, maybe, maybe, or if you get an injury... Um, I'd bring him back in. But the, at the moment, there's no single captaincy days. We still haven't got December fixtures yet, which we're hoping for. Mm. Um, but if it, if you know, if there's a couple of individual games that Brighton have that you don't have cover for, that's maybe when I'd look to bring him in. Alternatively, as I said, if let's say Alonso's, you've got him and he's, it looks like he's, the ship sailed on him, you could easily just downgrade him to Webster. And then, um, again, that would probably coincide with Webster's fixtures getting better. Because Chelsea, as I said, you want to hold Alonso for at least the next three or four games, then you could take him out and bring in Webster. So I think patience on Webster. There's no need to rush to bring him in yet. I agree. And the other the other factor there is Webster's passing and tackling bonus wasn't always as great as it was in the first few weeks. And obviously the underlying tone as to why that was was, was to do with Dunk and Duffy's positioning. Obviously yeah. Duffy going into the middle, Dunk was on the left-hand side. Um, Webster then was taking the brunt of the passing on that side because I don't think Dunk's um, comfortable on the left particularly Duffy although he's played well and got the odd passing bonus he's not the main sort of playmaker from the back that's Webster's kind of job in that role but then what I'm getting at is once they've got I mean Lamptey's back in fitness you know um, they've got uh, Dan Byrne back they've got a lot of other options there so if Brighton decide to go back to Dunk in the middle which I think is probably his best position and he is you know their best defender so he really should probably play there eventually and Webster's on the right hand side in the past Dunk would outscore Webster quite often for for passing bonus and stuff in that position and maybe then Dunk gets more involved in the play and then maybe Webster doesn't get as much passing bonus is the is the offshot of that so by waiting you also get that little bit of information to see just how good of an asset now I don't doubt he will still be a good option at that price but you know I mean I just said it there if Dunk still stays in the team and there's no real reason particularly to go for Webster over Dunk I think because Dunk I think Dunk's goal threat is so significant that over the course of the season he would probably end up getting fairly close to Webster just on the basis that he will get the odd goal and, and even playing in the centre may may get the odd passing bonus as well or, or whatnot. We'll get more information essentially. There's no reason to jump in on these players um straight away when they've they've got a pretty low ceiling overall. Um I think that's all the questions, mate. So if you want, we'll uh, we'll look at the preview, shall we, and just sort of look at our teams and what we're what we're thinking for each game week and and the matches. So let me try and get that up on the screen here. Sky sites being temperamental. Who'd have thought? There we go. Okay, so Saturday, sixteenth of October. Uh, loads of games on Saturday. Absolutely loads of them. Um, looks like a really great day. I'm hoping I might actually get some points for once. <laughs> <Ready>. <laughs> Who'd have thought? That'd be a fine thing. Um, 
I don't have Salah, so I'm going to be absolutely terrified from 12.30, as you can imagine. He's probably going to be my captain in FPL, but still, I won't want him to score in that week, in that game, which is going to be painful. Um, and Man City home to Burnley, 3 o'clock. If you could tell me the lineup right now, um, I'd maybe consider just captaining Diaz because he's in my team. And I know Diaz is fairly safe in terms of playing, because he usually plays most games. Um I think that's probably a 20-pointer right there as captain, which, although I've got Lukaku, and I think he'll be quite heavily captain for the Brentford game, I probably prefer Diaz over Lukaku for this game now, just for the way... The way I th- how do you feel about that? Because that's my main dilemma, basically. Do I captain Diaz or Lukaku? Mm. That, is a, that is a really good question. Um, I think I'd probably still go for Lukaku just because the the upside is, is still higher, I think. Um, he's not really set the world alight yet, but I am always tempted in the, in these circumstances to go for the the big hitting striker. But at the, at the same time, I, I really can't see Burnley scoring. So, um, no. I mean, they win five. I think that's, every a, time. that's a flip of the coin job, honestly. Like I, I, I couldn't decide between the two. See, I think Diaz. I mean, often in these five nil trouncings, a lot of the Man City defenders end up chipping in with a with a some yeah. points. So I don't think it's out of the question that Diaz could pick something up if he plays. My main concern would be whether Diaz plays. Now, people might think that's crazy, but I think when they've had an international break, they've had so many of their players away. You know, all of them have pretty much played across the board, like two games pretty much. Um, and then they've got Champions League three days later. Now, I know against it's against Club Bruges, I think, but they lost against PSG. And Man City, everyone knows they want the Champions League. I don't think Pep's going to take any liberties in that game. I think he's going to play you know, whatever actually is his strongest 11. But I think he's going to be as close to whatever that is. And therefore, considering their record against Burnley and the fact that they should win it with their second string comfortably, I think there's a good chance that some players, will, it will be a bit of a random lineup. Now, I could be totally wrong. Pep could just play his full team. But it's that whole thing of not seeing the lineup, right? I could captain Diaz and there's a small chance he might not play. And then I'll really kick myself. So that might edge me towards Lukaku. But I think in a straight fight, a straight fight between them, I'll go Diaz. Anyway, it's probably only me who has this conundrum because most people will probably just be on Salah, right? And that's what you'll you'll be on and, and sitting oh, pretty. Yeah. I mean, there's Ronaldo as well, right? I don't even have him. I think Leicester's defence has been so shocking of late that I wouldn't be surprised if... I know Man United haven't looked great, but they've got this tendency to suddenly score four or five goals in a game, right? I, I think that could be one that they could do that. Agreed. Yeah, Ronaldo, I think if I, if I didn't have Salah... I think if it was in the same situation as you are, let's say, but you had Ronaldo instead of Lukaku, and maybe go for Ronaldo before Diaz. Uh, hang on a second, my daughter's coming. Sorry, sweetheart, can you go see mum? Oh, go tell mummy quickly because I'm in the middle of a live video. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> what did you say, mate? Sorry, I wasn't listening to that last bit. Oh, as well, you were getting heckled. I was, uh, I was saying that. It's a disgrace that you've not got Sal on your team this week. You should have planned things better. Oh, okay. That's perfect. She came in and <laughs> no. I can just ignore that and brush off. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was, actually, I was actually just saying that I actually think if if I had Ronaldo or Diaz, if that was my choice this weekend, I think I'd probably go for, for Ronaldo just over Diaz. Yeah, but but Lukaku versus Diaz, I think, is really, really tight. Um, I, I did say I think I'd probably just sway to Lukaku, but I think... I think Diaz is such a... He's, he's got to be a nailed-on 10 points, right? Yeah, I just part of me thinks that maybe he just plays Stones and... He plays Stones and Laporte or even Stones and Ake and just saves Laporte and Diaz for the Champions. I think that's probably crazy. It's probably me just worrying. 
Yeah. No, I would say Bruges are decent. Bruges are actually Bruges got a point against um, PSG as well. They're not bad. They're they're a good. Side. They need to get so three got... points, right? And yeah. obviously they're. At the moment, Laporte and Diaz are their first two defenders. So Laporte and Diaz are going to play that game. So that's why I think, well, after all those internationals, it's just how much does he think he needs to play them versus Burnley? Maybe he, just, maybe he does play Diaz and Stones. Maybe he gives Laporte the rest. I don't know, because Diaz generally plays most of the games, doesn't he? It's probably me just overthinking it. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any other differentials I particularly like. Obviously, you've got Rafinha versus Southampton if he was to play, but I think all the noise is that he's going to come back too late to even feature in that game. I certainly wouldn't be taking him out. I mean, he's in my team. I'm just going to take the... I mean, I'm used to... If I get 10 men this week, that's a bonus. Usually, I'm ending up about 7 or 8, so 10 men's not a not a concern for me. Um, and yeah, for me, not having Salah and Ronaldo, it could be quite painful, but I've been here before. Um, let's hope that it's not... Let's move on. So you'll be on Salah, obviously, won't you, actually? Yeah, there's no point to cover that. You'll just be on Salah, I assume, and cheering. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb, though. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Chelsea, the whole back line, gets passing bonus this week. I am not. I don't know if they get a clean sheet. Brentford are good, but um, I think if Jorginho is back into the centre midfield role, which I suspect he will be, and if Azpilicueta might be back at right centre-back, because I think Reese James is back, then... I think if that combination tends to result in stat padding. So if that if that's the lineup, right? Those two play in those two positions, they'll hundred percent get past in the whole defence. Nice. You can you can hold me to that. Well, well, actually, on that note, then let's say that he come, if Thiago Silva's confirmed to be out, then we're pretty. That's almost nails Christensen is in the centre of the the back three, and then he will get he usually gets passing bonus in that role. So there's an argument to captain him if you think that you know he can at least fall back on it. But I suppose it's the Brentford goal, right? I, I just think the way Brentford are playing at the moment, you know, I could, it's probably like a 1-1 for me, that game, which is crazy because a few weeks ago, I, I mean, I had Lukaku earmarked to come in, probably be captain on that day and everything. But Brentford, I thought it was just a flash in the pan. And maybe it is, but at the moment, they just seem to turn up week on week and perform really, really well. So it just suddenly doesn't look like an easy fixture at all. Uh, Sunday 17th, let's move on. So Everton at home to West Ham, Newcastle at home to Spurs. I think... Everyone is is pretty much going to be on either Antonio or Kane, with the majority on Antonio, just because um, not many people actually ended up doing the Kane move. Uh, so it's a teaser for someone like me who's got both, which I think I'm, that's my day to make up points. Really, I'm expecting to lose out points on the Saturday, but having both Antonio and Kane, you know, if I can get if I can get a captain on Kane and he and he really delivers in that week, uh, in that match, sorry, then that's where I'm hoping to make my points up. Um, so you're captain and Kane on Sunday. I think so. I mean, the team that I'm showing here, which is, as you can see, the rank there, 6,000. I mean, it was it was in the top 100 after three weeks, and now it's dropped down that badly that it's like, I've almost thrown the towel in already on this one. I'm just like, well, I may as well just Hail Mary it. I don't think Kane will be that heavily captained across. I know his ownership is still fairly high, but I think just his performance, his England casuals probably won't look there, might not have him. And then engaged players, a lot of them won't have made that move. And even if they have, they probably have Antonio and probably look there at the moment. So I think there's a, a huge upside there because he's obviously a player who can hit hat-tricks, right? So I, I just have to hope it's one of those days for him and I'll, I'm going to go for him. Yeah, I agree. If I if I had both, I'd be going for Kane. I'd, regardless of a rank, I'd be going for Kane. I think Kane's a better option than, than, than Antonio on, on Sunday. Um, I'm actually a little bit worried that because Newcastle, they'll probably be buzzing, but I think the whole Steve Bruce situation has been dragging on. It's, it doesn't seem like they've dealt with that very well. Um, so maybe he's going to get this last game. And um, I, 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 I can see Spurs opening them up on the counter-attack. So 
mm. see how it goes. But um, yeah, if I had Kane, I think he starts on four as well because he's it's unlikely he gets through this game against Newcastle and doesn't get shot bonus. Mm. So I, I think I think for those who've brought him in, I think this is the game that everyone looked at and thought he needs to haul here, otherwise he's not done his job. Um, mm. And so far he's not done his job with the last two games that people have captained him, but this has got to be the one, I think. And I'm going to be, as you're going to be worried on Saturday not having Salah, I think I'm going to be a little bit concerned on Sunday not having Kane. Good. Right, Monday the 18th of October, uh, Arsenal versus Palace. This is the one where I may end up avoiding altogether. Did I? Wait, just checking. No, I haven't got a bad in that team. Uh, yeah, so you can see my front line there of Kane, Lukaku, Antonio. No Arsenal in my team. Used seven transfers, way more than I wanted to use. So do I want to use one when I've already got Gallagher? Um, probably not. So probably no one for me on that week, on that day. Well, sorry, yeah, Gallagher. No Arsenal. Yeah, Gallagher. And you talk, we talked before about the, if I was in your position, where I've used a bit more transfers than I'd like to, I think I would, I'd wait and see how the game, the Villa against Wolves game goes and then make a judgment on Friday night if you want to bring in a Villa player because you're going to get two captaincies out of them. Mm. And you'll cover the Arsenal game, and you'll cover the you'll have uh, Gallagher to cover the the first match. So that may be the the differential choice. You're only going to use one transfer then versus I'm sure if you used if you brought in Aubameyang, you'd be using at least two. So um, that may be the way that may be the way to go for those who are in a similar situation to you. But I think personally, I'm going to go for Aubameyang. Okay, nice. Well, he's in my team that's doing better. Aubameyang, he's already pre there. I went there before last week. I think it was um, against Spurs or whatever. So he's already sat there and it's doing well. So yeah, I'll still be cheering him on, I think, just just for that reason. Um, what do you think on that game, though? Do you think I'm right in thinking that's a tight game? Palace, I mean, they have looked really pretty decent, haven't they? And I think they'll, they're kind of similar to Arsenal in a way, I think, in terms of they tried to keep the ball a lot, um, you know, look reasonably solid defensively, um, but maybe the goals aren't, aren't easily come by by either side. I mean, Palace have scored a few more recently and they've Arsenal, I suppose, as well, just because of the fixtures, but... For me, they're kind of similar, and I think it might be like a one-one sort of game. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, they're a competitive team, aren't they? They, they look like they're going to give give teams a game, um, which I don't think they did in recent years. You know, they, they picked no. up wins. I don't know how they stayed up for the last few years, but they did. Fair play to Hodgson on that. Last season, that's like... that's a, this is a lay-down game, and Arsenal are usually good at these, right? So they would have just been a standard two-nil or something, or that. That's yeah. But I think I could see I could see Palace, you know, maybe not finishing in the top half, but kind of around that tenth to fourteenth spot. So they're probably better than they were. Um, and the, the the crucial thing is versus last season, they're just not going to give up the ball as easily. So passing bonus doesn't really look it's going to be a thing for any of the Arsenal players, which makes a which does make a difference in your choice. Um, so yeah, I mean, to be honest, as you say, Palace and Villa, you could see them being really similar games. Like I, I can't. I'd be quite surprised if Arsenal went out and blew them both away. Yeah. I don't think Arsenal win both games. I don't think they win both games. Okay. And that's why I'm willing to take the chance. But I guess we'll see. And we'll see whether I'm happy or not on next week's video. Um, I think that's it now. I don't think there's any, is there anything else you want to cover at all. I think we've gone through most of it. That's a lot. Good luck, everyone. Yeah, indeed. Good luck. It's good to have football back. Uh, hopefully, I'll be happy come the end of the game week for once. That would be a rare treat. 
Uh, a quick nod to the members area before we leave you. Um, get yourself on site, guys. Sign up. It's useful for the ticker is I've I've showed you here for the upcoming fixture runs. Obviously, which teams have got the the better upcoming games, etc., which help for for pre-planning in the Sky game, and obviously gives you all those passing and tackle stats, which are, are really useful to pick those uh, those extra captains, like you know not Ben White in this case, who seems to not be picking the passing bonus up as we expected. But yeah, um, get yourselves involved if you can. And I shall see you on the next one.